0: Good, good, good evening, and welcome to Cheater and the Rude on the Progressive Radio Network. We are moving to Texas, so get out of our way. No, we're not moving to Texas. Hey, everybody. This is Cheater and the Rude. I'm Jeff Chrysler, author of Get Rich Cheating. And joining us in about 31 minutes will be Lee Papa from the Rude Pundit blog. Dot blogspot, dot blogger, bloggy, blogger blog. What an exciting time it's been, and I want to, uh, I want to before we even get into the issues of the day, we won't get into all the issues, it's impossible, there's so many issues, I'll we'll probably start talking about the candidates uh, in this campaign, and then detour into some other sort of psychosis, and then maybe I'll have a break and I'll remember that the planet Earth really exists, but um, I want to tell you what's been going on and on and on in my head, and some of you will know what this is and some of you won't, but... Just take a listen and imagine this rattling around in your brain. Machine Gun Bacon. Mmm, <laughs> Machine Gun Bacon. That, of course, is one of 100 United States Senators. Specifically, that's Ted. Tedador? Theodore? I don't know what Ted is short for. A holeador? Cruz! Teddy Cruz, the. Last remnants of Sarah Palin's influence on American culture. Um, that's how true. Sarah Palin's going to have a long tail influence on the demise of American culture. Sort of like, um, Godzilla uh, wreaking havoc through Tokyo. It's always like, you think it's over, then the tail just, boop, smacks the bottom, the back, the buildings, and... Oh no, my baby! Um... I just have a joke about people driving the wrong way down the one-way street. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, I've told you guys my Ted Cruz story a lot. So if you're a loyal listener, which he probably is the only listener because who really listens to a show once every, I don't know how often, you know my Ted Cruz story. I won't even repeat it. It's about him being voted off a hiking trip by a bunch of 18-year-olds. He is in the middle of hack now in the crazies. Right in in the Republican field, like I, it's hard this time of year, and I always say time of year, but this is like time once every four years, this season of the election is sort of when I get excited because I don't know I don't know why, maybe it's because politics doesn't matter, and so I can get passionate about it because I don't really care about the things that are important to me. Uh, but that's you know I'm not lying down on a therapist. The point is this is an exciting time. Uh, the the uh, debate was certainly an exciting time. Um, everyone sort of fleshes so many great characters, uh, and I just, you know, I just feel blessed to be alive at the end of America. Uh, it's not, it's not everybody. It always feels, it's always horrible. It's always the most important election in our lifetime. We always end up surviving. Even if we don't survive, we're still surviving. And if we all have to, like, develop gills, we're going to be okay. Um, Chris Christie, he's my, uh. He's my governor. Sometimes I wonder, it's like, <clears throat> you know, what are my priorities? What should I care about? You know, one year, or a year and a half, every four years, I care about politics the rest of the time. I feel like I shouldn't because, you know, I, it's like I have this kid. Like I have a little baby. I can obsess about my baby or I can obsess about politics. Right? I could worry about my baby or I could worry about Chris Christie. You know, I, I could spend my time thinking about this, like, adorable little ball of blubber that has no idea how the real world works and spews nastiness out of every hole in its body. Or I could spend all my time thinking about my baby. And it's just, you know, it's a simple choice. I do think about Chris Christie too much. Um, one thing that not a lot of people realize is that Chris Christie is a horrible mobster. Now I don't mean that Chris Christie is a bad person or a horrible person. I mean he's a very very bad mobster. Um, he's related by the, by, uh, the marriage. To the Genovese crime family. Many of you know this. If you're listening to this show, you know this. Why? Because you're listening to this show and you're a self-selecting group of people that uh, is probably find out what well, Chris Christie is related to by marriage. You probably even know things about uh, Ben Carson that I don't want to know. Um. He's ready to the Genovese crime family, and, like, his scandal's pretty good. Like, how disappointed is the Genovese crime family? Like, you're the worst mobster, they got to be telling themselves. Like, what are you doing? Like, how are you... What is this, like, a hey, boss, this uh, mayor, is uh, giving us a hard time. Well, let's... Let's rearrange his traffic patterns. Meh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, That was a terrible Chris Christie impersonation. That wasn't even close. He's more like a high, nasally guy, right? He's like, hey, guys, let's rearrange... It doesn't matter. The point is feel bad for Chris Christie because he didn't have a lot going for him, but the one thing he had going for him is that he was the big, blowhard, tell-it-like-it-is guy from the New York, New Jersey area. And he has literally gotten trumped. Trumped! Trumped, I say. Ah, but Donald, I love Donald Trump. I'm not going to lie. I mean, like, I hate him, and I, and I think he represents everything bad about human nature and American uh, ego, but that's why I love him. Uh, and I think we should all admit that all of us, we love Donald Trump a little bit, right? I mean, like we all relate to Donald Trump. Maybe you know we're good people. And we don't act on it, but we know somebody like Donald Trump, or we ourselves have those moments. I mean, don't don't pretend to be all PC and say you don't like call up customer service someday and you can't understand the voice and you just say, "Oh, damn it! I wish I wish it wasn't the case." Well I'm not saying we're bad people, we don't act on those. Some of those, those feelings are deeper down than others, and maybe we've learned to wash them out. But Donald Trump just resonates with like our primal, our primal, like, hey, fucking get over here. So could do this. And I feel bad for the GOP and people like Christie because you know Donald Trump is out there yelling terrible things. And the GOP is just trying to whisper terrible things. Anyway, they've got to raise their crazy game. That's what Trump is forcing them to choose. Are you going to raise your crazy game and just blow the whole thing up and let everyone see? Or are you going to try to be the moderate and the calm and the compassionate? And in comparison to Trump, you seem reasonable. The problem is the second choice is better, but you wouldn't do that because you're running in a a GOP primary. You're running with people that, that that who votes in primaries. I would like to see the numbers and how they relate to like who votes in midterms. And midterms are traditionally like the old cranks. It's got to be even worse than primaries. Um, this is why, by the way, I have a, a lottery-based idea for electing people uh, to office um, that we'll discuss later. I'm making a note to develop my lottery-based. Uh, elected official plan. Probably someone's already done it. In fact, it feels like someone wrote a short story about it, uh, which ended in Dragon. Anyway, so everyone's got to raise their crazy game. Because they're getting Trumped. Huh? Most of the is like, well, you know, things are terrible, the sky is falling! Trump's like, the fucking sky? I fucked the sky. Get out of here, you kidding me? Yeah, that's my Trump. Just do with it. You know, the rest of GOP is like, "Oh, wow, Obama's a Nazi." Trump's like, a "Nazi used to believe in the Holocaust. That shit was fake. I fucked Hitler." And that's just weird that he would do that to Hitler. It's like, immigrants are taking our jobs. Pfft, immigrants. You know what? I bring immigrants here. They build one of my hotels, and they say thank you. And then they fuck Hitler. It's the fucking giga-boo-boo-boo. Yeah. That's... Eventually all of my Im- Im- impressions, impersonations, characters, they all become like sort of a South African pirate from Australia. Um, with a little British thing. Oi, mate. radio There go Look. But that can't happen anymore. Trevor Noah's going to show us how the South Africans actually talk. I don't know why I thought i like. I'm excited for Trevor Noah. I think it'll be delightful. There's room for Trevor Noah... Uh, to host a daily show and me to talk nonsense on on the progressive radio network. <laughs> There's plenty of room for both of us. Um, you know why we like Trump and his crazy game and his primalness because it's easy, right? Like he's not challenging, like. Obama is a challenge. Hillary is a challenge. Even some of the other candidates, like Rand Paul, is a bit of a challenge. Like, what? Um, And other candidates. But, like Trump is simple. You get it. You get what he's about right away, right on the surface. He's about raw human emotion. Dominance. And and we like that. We like the simple. We like the easy choice. You know, like Americans, we have, not just Americans, but all humans. We like easy stuff. We have cheese in a spray can. We have pizza with hot dogs in the crust, so we don't have to get up twice for two different meals. I mean, they made a machine that will extract semen for you, because we're too lazy to masturbate. The one activity that leads directly to sleep. I mean, sometimes, yes, we rise to the challenge, like, you know, like... Maybe you have faced some poverty, or you've faced some sickness, or you've had to deal with Lululemon. Whatever it is, sometimes we rise to the challenge. But more often than not, we choose the easy. And Donald Trump understands that. That's why he says, I'm just like you. People believe that. Like, Donald Trump's just like me. A, if he were, that would be the problem. Because I don't want you uh, to be our next president. I don't want me to be our next president. I don't want it's like a superhero who can see into the future and, and knows everything and can save the world. I don't want a human, a regular person. Right? And me, he's not just like you. How's he just like you? Because he pulled himself up by his father's bootstraps? Come on, get the fuck out of here. Like that, that was aggressive, right? That was good. I felt like I felt like that was like there was like an aggressive Americanism in that that that, that just sort of like, it was just raw, it just spoke to me. Machine gun bacon. Anywho, Trump it up, dump. Who are the other candidates? Apparently, Carly Fiorina, they claim, was doing well. Oh, oh, I didn't even get to Fox News. I won't get to Fox News later. easy target. You know, by the way, let's make fun of Fox News back in 1999, before it became Jon Stewart's, you know, like, peace to resistance, so I would just like some credit for that. I don't get any credit for that. John Cantu noticed. John too with his brilliant San Francisco comedy presence. I saw my bit about Fox News many years ago, about the weather. It was very funny. I said it could have been something. San Francisco lost some comedy, or had some comedy losses. Uh, Jimmy Gunn. If you're out there listening to this, Google Jimmy Gunn, G U N N, and San Francisco comedy. Um, very kind, funny, daring person and of course the anniversary of Robin Williams, which I think I talked about here last year, so I'm not gonna bother. Um I don't know why I got off the Fox News except to just say like why is anyone shocked that this is all following the money and the ratings? Like you really wanted to attack Trump and get him out and then he attacked Bat and he made good T V. So they're gonna keep him on T V. Um and you know Wow, he called out their pretty talking head as being a pretty talking head. And look, even the ugly talking heads are just talking heads, right? I mean, let's be honest. Uh, What's her name? Megyn Kelly doesn't hold a uh, monopoly on, like, intelligent but substantive-less tool of media agenda. Just because she's a woman. All of them. All of us do. Um, so, I think we should all keep that in mind. Um, Carly Fiorina was why I thought about this. Uh, I'm glad she's in the race. She brings up some important issues. Carly Fiorina, you may not know, before she ran for president, she ran Hewlett-Packard into the ground. Yeah. And when she was fired, she got a $21 million severance. And she's a girl! You know, a guy would get at least $28 million. Um, in fact, Mark Heard, who followed her at Hewlett-Packard, was fired a few years later for just the same thing and got $28 million. So congratulations, ladies. You're uh, making $75 million on the $100 million. You've come a long way, baby. that I mean, Carly Fiorina, <clears throat> represent you. Uh, I would do my women in politics rant, but we're not have time for that. It's good. It's pro-good things. Whatever you like, that's what it's about. Um, but I'm trying to stay focused here. Uh, that's what I should have done that last night. Man, it was all over the place. Other candidates, Rand Paul, the noose doesn't fall far from the tree. Uh, Ted Cruz, again, you know my Ted Cruz story. I'm not going to – none of these candidates really deserve – the effort it takes for me to write and, and, and really think about until, like, they get narrowed down. Because, you know, as a group, they represent... Um, I haven't seen Inside Out, but, like, sort of these Republicans are, are an Inside Out um, version of... Let's just say America. Let's not make it just about the GOP. Um, but, you know, Inside Out supposed to be all the different emotions, and these are all the different... Quote-unquote, emotions. Um, Rick Santorum uh, recently received the coveted endorsement of 16th century Spain. If there's time, I will play the uh, final edition uh, sketch that we wrote about the endorsement of 16th century Spain. But there isn't time right now. Um, Jeb Bush. Who was at most the third best qualified Bush, um, to be president, and there's a pretty big drop off after number one. Uh, He is, I mean, his brother like lowered the bar on everything and then tripped over it, and Jeb is not, couldn't be at his brother at the Bush table, so I just. You know, Jeb's like little a logo, Jeb with the exclamation point, that's basically like a comedian that laughs at his own jokes. Because <laughs> it symbolizes that you can't get the emotional response you want based upon your substance, and it also symbolizes that you're not going to be president. So, <clears throat> let us pray on that one. Um, I mean, look, if Jeb is in the campaign, he's going to rig it, so let's not fool ourselves. Um... That the the possibilities are very very real. Uh, Scott Walker, probably the most frightening, because he's probably the most directly linked to the corporatization of um, politics, getting the Koch brothers' backing, having laws passed by Alec, um, sort of manipulating the media, being sort of getting getting acclaim for busting unions. Unions, like what? what Teachers unions. Wouldn't teachers become the villains? You know, it's like Ebola, ISIS, and Mrs. Dimple Rop. Yeah, I said Mrs. Dimple Rop. You know, the um, third grade something teacher. Anyway, Scott Walker. All I can think about with Scott Walker is how when I was in Milwaukee, in our uh, Wisconsin once same thing. um, We were driving across for these gigs, and we stopped at an Amish all-you-can-eat buffet. And first of all, like the shape of people at all-you-can-eat buffet is very different than the shape of people as I always like to believe they look. It's more of like a a pear-based shape than a human based shape. And uh, we're sitting there eating and like there was at the end of the salad bar, ironically named, was a little tub with, like, this blue-and-white creamy mixture, like, just got a slop there. And people were coming up, and they are putting their the big spoon in it, and they were slopping it onto their plates, and they were going to tables and eating it. It was like... And there was a waitress uh, who came by every now and then to, like, clear the plate and, like, brush bones off of people's soul. And uh, she... It was there and I asked, uh, and I said, You know, what is that over there? That blue and white stuff. She looks over, and goes, oh, that's dessert. I go, Yeah, but but what is it? Go, it's dessert. Yeah, but what is it? It's dessert. You eat it when you're done with the other food, or if you're taking a break from eating the other food, you have dessert. I'm like, Yeah, but what is in the dessert? You know, it's like blue. And we're like, What is that? She goes, Oh, well, we also work with a conference center down right around the corner here. And like we made a, like a lot of pies, and they had a big business conference. And we made a bunch of pies, and there were a bunch of pies left over. So afterwards, we just we just took the pies, and we like mashed them up, and we put them out here. It's just leftover pie. Meanwhile, people are behind her going, Slop. 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 And it was just gross. It was leftover business pie. That's what Scott Walker is. He's just leftover business pie that a lot of people will slop right up. Um, that's as deep as that metaphor goes until we see how long he survives because fuck that guy. Mm, Marco Rubio was a the wolf in Marco Rubio's clothing. <laughs> that was funny. I admit it, that was funny. Don't make me snort at my own jokes to prove I don't know how funny it was. Anyway, they're all kooky, and they're all probably going to lose to Hillary. I think Hillary's Hillary's big problem. First of all, she's not Bernie Sanders. I know Bernie Sanders is very exciting, um, sort of. I mean, he's bringing up issues, yeah, that we all know. Like, why? Why is? Why is it? Maybe it's because I think about this stuff. But like when someone brings up what I think is common sense issues, people get excited. I'm like, yeah, no sugar. Sherlock. The burn. Feel the burn. Um, I alluded to the to pastrami on rye. They brought me corned beef on mayo. They put mayonnaise on it. It's outrageous. They don't understand cultural sensitivity. Uh, we should have a rally. Oh, look at all these people who showed up. Uh, Black Lives Matter. They're not treating me. Oh, will be president. What a country. Um, That's in case there wasn't enough confusion in my... Impersonation. Um, Hillary's issues are that she's the most qualified candidate that's ever run for president. <laughs> um, you know, you don't necessarily believe in what she's doing, but she's been everywhere in in government. Like she just she she knows how to be a govern like get be a president. Now, yeah, you can say we need change, but you know what? We also we're never going to get change. We get a lot of people saying, "I don't saying." Boo, elect me to go to Washington because I hate Washington, or or whatever the thing like you know like trying to get into power by saying boo power, and always just like yeah I I want power because I want to get some things done, and she's got some specifics and like I just like from a practical reasonable standpoint I'm like she's just the the most qualified candidate, and in general I agree with her more enough. His support. I'm not. Gonna, they're not going to be like the perfect. Like Jeff Chrysler is not going to be on the ballot, right? What your name here is not going to be on the ballot. Um, so until that time, oh, I'd be I'd be happy for her. But I think she faces some problems. First of all, Obama, you know, has a, has a legacy to deal with. I mean, and some of it's good, some of it's bad. But he's only human, unlike Hillary. <laughs> and oh, uh, no, Hillary has to deal with the fact that like the economy's improving, things are getting better, but most Americans feel like we're moving in the wrong direction. So, like, how do you tap into that in, like, a really, like, in a campaign slogan way? Like, America, it's not as bad as it could be. Or, America, if they hadn't been such obstructionists, we'd be better off. You know, that's not as sexy as, you know, you're a fucking loser. If are fired. America, at least we're not Somalia yet. The yet is actually it was Rand Paul jumping and going, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so he puts curly hair. He gives curly hair a bad name, right? Am I, am I, am I right, people? <sighs> yeah, Hillary will face some some difficulties, um, but you know what? She will also weather the storm. I think when she gets in there, she may be the most productive president that we'll have, because uh, she'll understand the the machinery of government. Unlike some other people who don't understand the machinery of government, all they understand is machine gun bacon. (laughs) It's really his laugh that I think does it more than anything else. Um, And God bless him for that. All the GOP candidates are opposed to the Iran deal, right? And and I think I don't know if they've pulled them, but I'm sure they are because everyone's opposed to Iran. There, the Republicans don't like the Iran deal because it doesn't involve selling Iran guns for Nicaraguan drug money. Like they just think we have such a short memory. Like the Iran Contra deal was twenty, thirty years ago, whatever it was. Like the GOP is like the PT Barnum party you know, never went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American people they just think we're dumb and we'll fall for the easy shiny objects and they're kind of right look at Trump, he's easy and shiny and we're dumb and like look, Americans, we are dumb, I'm sorry we text and drive, we buy Apple products the first day they're out, we can't believe it's not butter and and I'm worried that the future of America is not looking any better. I mean, our kids are like in the middle of the pack at best. Like Our math and science scores are way behind. The only thing we lead the world in is body mass index. Recently, Obama said that our low test scores should be a Sputnik moment, which unfortunately doesn't mean we're going to blast a bunch of dumb kids into space. And I don't know how it's going to get better. What, are you going to have vouchers? School choice, so schools advertise? Right, like, Hey kids, they don't tell me having trouble in math. We'll bring them down to PS42 and we'll put them in a class full of retards where 2 plus 2 can equal thumb and everyone gets a gold star. Things are getting worse. The competition's going to make people cut corners so they can hit numbers. Um, and things are getting worse with textbooks. You saw Texas has redone their textbooks. Now in Texas, and it's going to spread to other ones, apparently they say that Ayn Rand and Conical Phillips freed the slaves. I just don't believe that's true. Um, Look, we're almost out of time here at uh, Cheater and the Rude. So uh, I'm going to stop. But we're going to continue this conversation. It's good to be back. I'm excited. You guys listen up. Here's the deal. This is listener-supported streaming radio. Specifically me and this show. I got some guests that want to come talk. I got some ideas. I got some writing I want to do. And I want to present it to you. And I'm sorry to do this, but please support, go out, you can buy my book, Get Rich Cheating, you can Amazon it, you can email me, Jeff at Jeff Chrysler or Twitter, Jeff Kreisler, K-R-E-I-S-L-E-R, and we can arrange something, I can send you a signed copy, you can PayPal me, Um, you know, support the effort in some way, I know it's crass commercialism, and I apologize, um, but there's a lot of projects, and I'm going to go with the project that... Combine uh, my ability to express my passions with my ability to support my kid. So put that in your awkward, (laughs) really kind of frighteningly intense fundraising pitch hat. And uh, have a good weekend. This is Cheater on the Roo on the Progressive Radio Network. We are moving to the end of the show. The final edition of Radio Hour is up next, and you should also stream the whole hour-long final edition Radio Hour, because it's awesome, and we're about to launch a partnership with National Lampoon. You should check it out. Um, I'm Jeff Chrysler, and I hope that you all have something to eat.